Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Kill makes the catch, burning the defender into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. He fires it late to back of the end zone. Diving catch made. Touchdown, Kansas City. Makes it to McKinnon. Slant. Caught Tyreek Hill underneath the coverage. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the cheetah does a backflip over the middle. Caught Tyreek Hill at the 45. Touchdown, Kansas City. And now the cheetah is saying peace to Kansas City. That's right, Mega Trades continue. The AFC is loaded. Maurice Jones-Drew is here. So it's Tom Pelissero and Kyle Brandt. My name is Kay Adams. Thank you for joining us as we break it all down. Major implications, blockbuster trade that's all going down right here, right now on Good Morning Football. We're going to talk a little Lamar Jackson. We're going to play a little Indiana Jones-Drew crazy trivia game about generational stuff. It's a... It's a a beautiful cupcake path for you, MJD, to get your first win this week on Good Morning Football. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready to go. All right, let's do it. Time okay. for Lee Block. And you know who else is ready? Lee Block. Tom Lee Block. He's here Lee with Block. us right now. Yeah. He's going to Miami? Miami? Tell me everything. Just another blockbuster, Kay. The Chiefs trading Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins for a massive haul. First, second, and fourth round picks this year, plus a couple of later picks in 2023. These trade talks really heated up late last week and into the weekend after talks between Kansas City and Hill's agent stalled on an extension. Both the Dolphins and the Jets pursued him heavily. Miami had an advantage, though. Hill lives down there in the offseason. He's got a house. He trains there. Of course, no state income tax. Never hurt anybody either. He gets a new, effectively three-year, $75 million contract extension from the Dolphins with an additional larger year tax 
tacked on to the end, puts them under contract through 2026. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have to figure out how do you replace a guy like Tyree Kill? Well, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster, of course, and they had another speed threat, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is in Kansas City for a visit right now, Ken. And this trade, the signing of Teron Armstead, I think it puts Miami in the mix in the AFC. Kyle, I look at you, I'm getting a lot of, but Tua doesn't throw deep, he's not going to take advantage of Cheetah's skill set and mm-hmm. all that. What do you make mm-hmm. of what this Tyree Kill edition does for Tua and the Dolphins? Well, if you're in the AFC or in you're in the NFL, you're looking at the Dolphins and you're saying, you had my curiosity, now you have my attention, and they should. And Tyreek Hill goes to any team. It could be Jacksonville or Houston, Detroit, anywhere he has your attention. This is one of the players of mass destruction still to this day because of right there, down the sideline. He still got it. It's still there. And I think all of the chatter over the last few months in this hashtag copycat league that we cover is everyone's trying to find their Debo. Who is their Debo? We need to get a Debo. We need to get one of these Debo guys. Well, the Dolphins got their Debo, and the guy who got their Debo is the guy who invented the Debo experience. The Mike McDaniel thing was huge here. He got his toy to play with, and if you buy into this genius and how he's going to change the game, and he made the Debo Samuel experience happen, he now has a guy that's faster, and he has two of them. I'm not a massive full-screen guy like Pelissero, but let's just look at what this means. Fastest average speed as a ball carrier last year. So this is how these guys were running with the ball. That's the top three in the National Football League, all 32 teams. Two of them now are on the Dolphins. They're in the AFC East. They're under Mike McDaniel. He got his Debo. And listen, the creativity abounds. What did we see with, with Tyreek under the Chiefs and Biennemi? And they're doing plays from the 1926 Rose Bowl and reverses and passes and double passes. Now Mike McDaniel can play. He can cook. And we're going to see what happens. They got this guy, and he's fast, and he's great. They get their doors blown off by Buffalo every time they play him by 30 points, 40 points. Now they have the weapons to fight back. But I got to say, you alluded to this at the top, okay? There's a lot of jokes out there about the second Tyree Kill gets more than 22 yards downfield, the Dolphins quarterback will not be able to get him the ball, Tom. There's a lot on the quarterback out of Alabama. Well, Kyle, I, th- I think you're right. Uh, there is a lot on Tua, but this is the thing. Tyreek Hill, when he first started, he was just a slant guy. He would take slants to the house, and that's mm-hmm. what you're looking for, that explosiveness. You talked about being Debo Samuel. A lot of the passes that Jimmy Garoppolo threw to Debo Samuel were 10 yards uh, past the line of scrimmage or under. Screen plays, different plays to get the ball in his hands quickly. This is a huge, huge deal for me. And, and, and let me show you why. I got a full screen too, Tom. Uh, I'd like to show you about the big plays of Tyreek Hill. All right, this is all since 2017. Receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, scrimmage yards. We've seen so many different ways of him touching the ball. Uh, when he first got got going in 2016, they used to put him at running back and hand him the ball as well. To me, this is a huge trade. Now, it was a lot of picks given up. But look, if you want to compete against the Buffalo Bills who went out there and signed Von Miller and had all this explosive plays, you have Josh Allen, you have to try to get out and win in the AFC East. It, it, you got to go and make moves like this. Again, Kyle, I think you're exactly right. When you talk about Tyreek Hill, after the quarterback position, I would say Tyreek Hill is probably the next person that dictates the wins and losses in games. And I'm, I'm interested to see what Kansas City does with all these picks now. 
Everybody taking digs at me about the full screen. Now everybody's stealing my ideas. It is indeed a copycat, copycat league. league. So do I have a full screen? You bet that I do. Let's take a look at the lowest deep uh, attempt rate in the NFL among quarterbacks. To a tongue of I low it to Kyle's point and to what Kay said at the top here. Has not thrown the ball downfield a lot. Look at the only guy who attempts a uh, deep passes at a lower rate in the NFL. It is Jimmy Garoppolo over the past two seasons. The quarterback that Mike McDaniel just had. That offense is based around the outside zone running game, them being really good short to intermediate. They're going to take some deep shots, but it's not a huge part of the offense. Does Mike McDaniel continue to play that type of ball control style? Or does he look and go, I got two of the three fastest guys in the entire NFL. I'm going to go downfield more. Tyreek Hill statistically since 2017 is the best deep threat in the NFL. 2021? The numbers weren't nearly as good. They were some of the worst of his career, but he does still have that big play ability. And with regard to Tua Tungavailoa, let's also remember, the Dolphins are 13-8 and with Tua as the starter. Has Tua carried them the entire time? No, but when he's been on the field, they have won. His issue, just like it was at Alabama, is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. If Tua can avoid the injuries, if Mike McDaniel and that offensive staff can avoid exposing him to getting injured, they're putting all the talent around him. There are no excuses for anybody here between the line and now the perimeter weapons that they've added. This Dolphins offense has the tools on paper to be really good. It's so true. And, you know, I'm going to follow up with what you're saying, Kyle. Let's not forget you know, the whole Debo element, Tyree Kill grew up as a running back. That's the position that he knows that he loves. The Chiefs turned him into this sort of deep threat playmaker. Why? Because it matched what the skill set of Patrick Mahomes, of course. Uh, and he also, his size. You don't want to get him toting the rock that much with all these big guys in the NFL. It made sense. But look at this play. Just the, the, He is a running back through and through. That's how I think he will be using this Mike McDaniel offense that I've alluded to. What he is building down there, adding to Ron Armstead and everything. I mean, it is... There's a lot going on here. He came up as a running back, rookie year. We've seen the Debo element, more explosiveness. Look, at he just runs away from everyone, and he's going to do that. It's going to look a little bit different than it looked in Kansas City, and I think that that's fine. And I would also say, and maybe I'll throw it to you, Kyle, about this whole Tua thing, Alex Smith doesn't have the reputation for being a deep passer for like launching it plenty of deep plays to look for between Alex Smith and Tyree Kill from back in the day so it's not like it can't be done yeah the two of jokes are low-hanging fruit and easy and lame and I guess he's an easy target for that but, you know, Tom brought it up about Jimmy Garoppolo and Tua are the guys all the way in the bottom of the air yard, deep shots, complete. Jimmy Garoppolo's been to the Super Bowl. He's in, he's in Lambeau and he's beating the Packers with the package, with Mike McDaniel, with Shannon. No, I do not think that, uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa is going to start to turn into Randall Cunningham all of a sudden. But he doesn't need to. The game's different. You, you look at, Look at what even what Cordell Patterson did last year. He's a wide receiver playing running back. And I think he had 11 touchdowns, and that's Cordell Patterson. I just think that the, I think the headline for me is that the Dolphins found their Debo, and they found a faster Debo. Mike McDaniel's like, I need a guy who's a little bit faster than Debo Samuel, and he found it. The question is, though, are they are they better than Buffalo? Are they can they catch Buffalo? Tua's gonna have to make big, big time third and nine, third and twelve throws. It's a big, big deal that they got Tyreek. Is it big enough? Because Buffalo might be the best team in the NFL. You know, I'll say this. I don't think it's going to be come down to those 39 and 30 and 12s. If you look at what 
kind of no. with Kyle Shanahan's offense and Mike Shanahan, what they like to do. It's all run after catch. Uh, calling those games against the Niners for, for the most of my broadcasting career with the Rams, it all is short dink and dunks. Get the ball in their hands quickly and let those guys make mm. plays. How many times have we seen Tyreek Hill catch a little stop route from Patrick Mahomes, make two or three guys miss, and then jump out of bounds and get 12 yards? I mean, they're, they're literally building this offense around Tua and his strengths, right? Tua isn't a down-the-field throw, but those are low-percentage throws. A quick slant, a quick hitch, uh, a quick bubble screen to, to Waddle or or Tyreek can go the distance. And so, to me, I think, Kay, you said it, you said it best with him playing running back. He's a running back. And a lot of people forgot about how they utilized mm-hmm. him early in his career. Obviously, I have a relationship with Eric Bieniemy, and he used to talk about him all the time, how we got this guy who can do, we're trying to develop him as a wide receiver, but if we can get the ball in his hands quickly, you know, he can make these type of plays. He's that explosive. And it was a shock to, for me, Tom. And first of all, let me say this. We were on all day yesterday, Tom. It was my birthday. And you waited to break this after the show? Hmm. Good call. I mean, I mean, we'd known about it since the weekend, but sometimes in this business, you kind of got to keep it quiet until it becomes real. I would say yeah, this, Tom, just adding on, and Kay raises a fantastic point. <laughs> Kay raises a fantastic what? point about the versatility of Tyreek Hill. One of the hallmarks of that offense with what the 49ers have run with Kyle Shanahan, which is who Mike McDaniel's been with most of his career, they like to run the same plays out of a lot of different Groups. So guys who are versatile, same reason Kyle Juszczyk is so valuable to the 49ers is they can move them around. You can come out in different types of looks, then run your same core plays over and over again. Now you got a versatile weapon like a Tyreek Hill who you can move around and have him in different spots to keep running those same plays. That's something Mike McDaniel's going to mm-hmm. love. And we all know and now Waddle. the Jets are looking for some speed at receiver for Zach Wilson and all of that. They're picking at 4 and 10. I'm surprised they didn't offer that 10 in exchange for Hill. I don't know if you can get anybody that's going to come close to the weapon that he uh, is and the impact he would make at that 10 spot. But speaking of the Dolphins, you can check out the live coverage, the intro press conferences of Teron Armstead and Tyreek Hill. Those will be there uh, today on NFL Network. Cameron Wolf is on the ground there, uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, the time for that giving us every angle on the Dolphins' new edition. Okay, it's pro day season. Also, this is so fun. What a fun off season. Today we've got Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner. We love Sauce Gardner. It's Cincinnati's pro day. Devin Lloyd at Utah tomorrow. Kyle Hamilton, the superstar safety out of Notre Dame. He is showing off his skills. We are showcasing the next generation of NFL stars. You got it covered on NFL Network. And these trades obviously affect the draft. We'll dig into that when we can right here on the show. But yesterday, we saw Matt Corral. Solid pro day at Ole Miss. Possible for players to have a bad pro day. Marlon Humphrey thinks so. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never see me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my dance, bro. (laughs) Hey, guys. It's Steve Covino from Covino & Rich. Here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Corral, shot to the end zone. Caught, touchdown Ole Miss. How about Matt Corral? Corral takes it to the goal line, stretches for the end zone. Going deep. Got to see him on the field yesterday. Matt Corral worked out at his pro day. 31 of 32 NFL teams were in attendance to see him, and he didn't work out at the Combine, so this was kind of a treat. Lots of intrigue, lots of question marks. He had an injury that he suffered in the Sugar Bowl that kept him off the field at the Combine, so it was the first time in person, and so now it's time to play a game called Believe, Believe It or Not. I have an actual triangle. Actual <laughs> triangle. Let's try it. Bing! Let everyone at home wants to see everyone at home wants to see how ridiculous this delay is that we work on. Believe, believe yep. it or not. <laughs> That's the delay, people. Yeah! That is the delay. We're, why do you have that? Because I have a five-year-old who has musical instruments. I'm going to go get a kazoo and a recorder and a harmonica later. I got a one-man band here. Thank you, Evelyn. You mean you have the cutest five-year-old on the planet, little Evelyn, over there on the triangle. I love it. All right, let's get to it now, Believe It or Not style. You saw the Matt Corral footage. Everyone's having a good pro day. That continues on NFL Network all day long. But in the midst of it, our guy Marlon Humphrey, bona fide star, took to Twitter with this take saying, do quarterbacks even have a bad pro day or combine? I don't know why we act like it's amazing every year that they can throw a football. It's kind of true, Tom. Believe it or not, a quarterback can have a bad pro day. I believe it. It's not common, but let's go back to 2014 and Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville. Um, He opted in his pro day workout to throw without a glove. Maybe not the best time to get away from everything you know about throwing the football, but Bridgewater wanted to show, hey, my hands are big enough. I'm going no glove. I went back and found the comments we had here on NFL Network that day. 
Mike Mayock said, I expected a little bit more today. Called Bridgewater's workout average at best. Said we saw a lot of flutters and a lot of inaccuracy. Kurt Warner was also there that day and pointed out mechanical issues for Teddy Bridgewater. So, yes, it is possible. The guys with the biggest arms are usually going to be the ones who wow everybody. I remember at Blake Bortles' pro day years ago, Jordan Palmer was running it, and he told me, yeah, I basically told Blake, even if you overthrow your receiver by 20 yards, just do that instead of throwing short because we want to see how good your arm is. <laughs> the guys with, like, Bridgewater, a little less arm talent, you know, some of those things can uh, can pop up a little That's bit. That's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of players can have bad pro days, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, DBs. I mean, those things happen, bad combines as well. It's just, as of late, we've had a lot of quarterbacks with tremendous arm talent. I mean, when guys are throwing the ball, rolling to their left, throwing it off their you know back foot and throwing it 65 yards in the air, that's what you can show and that's what you can do. And so, yeah, we're going to be wowed by it. But we see a lot of quarterbacks in the National Football League who can't do that. Uh, we have to give credit to Patrick Mahomes, though, who's the one that kind of started this thing out at his pro day where he threw the ball 80 yards in the air. And that kind of has been the, the benchmark since then to see how far you can throw it. I think Justin Herbert did it flat-footed at Oregon, uh, threw it 65 uh, from the goal line. And so, yeah, it's all about showing what you can do best. Um, I, I remember my pro day. Um, I had a decent one, but we had some guys there that came from other schools uh, that didn't have the best one. And so, you know, again, you got to show what you do best. Listen, back in the 2000 uh, draft buildup, there was a quarterback who ran a 5.2840 and to this day is still made fun of for it. And he's been to 10 Super Bowls and it was considered a complete embarrassment, his 40. I love this. The answer, I think, I think is yes. But actually, no, it's no, because Tom just went in the archives and found the comments from the NFL personnel about Teddy Bridgewater. Damning comments in this window. Teddy Bridgewater still went in the first round. Even after that, who cares? He flutters passes, he takes the gloves off, still a first-round pick. And Kurt Warner, of all people, who went to the gloves in his career, is a massive glove proponent. So I love that. But Maurice is right. We're, we're, we're moving towards the idiocracy of these quarterback pro days. Never mind the handoffs or arm position or foot. Just step up there and chuck it as far as you can, kid, and get off to the next. I mean, it's turning into just these circus stunts. I feel like they could have 26 straight incompletions on the short and intermediate throws, and then they get up once and they throw it 87 yards, and everybody just loses their minds and drafts them first overall. That's where we're going with this. So as long as you can chuck it a country mile, I think it's impossible. I don't think it's good enough, Kyle. I think until they incorporate drones, I don't really know what we're doing here. Let's go. <laughs> got to peg them, every single one. I want to see the drone shot. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, you got to hit them out of the sky. That would be so cool. Yep. Let's do that. All right, let's talk Dolphins, adding some huge names to their offense, of course, this offseason, starting with the biggest Tyree Kill. They also added more speed with the additions of Cedric Wilson and very quietly added Raheem Mostert. Nobody really talked about that, and now it's looking lethal down in South Beach. So with all the nice new toys, the Dolphins put themselves in a great spot heading into the season. You know, I'm saying to a showtime, but also like Mike McDaniel showtime. That's a lot of pressure and it's all on your shoulders as well. So believe it or not, Tom, Mike McDaniel has more pressure on him than Tua Tungabailoa heading into the season. 
I believe it. I think there's a lot of pressure on both Tua Tungavailoa and Mike McDaniel. The difference is Tua has had this pressure. He was the quarterback at Alabama. He was a high draft pick for the Dolphins and obviously has had uh, some struggles, some injury issues over the past couple of years. Though, again, the Dolphins have won when he's been on the field. Mike McDaniel has never been a head coach. He's never been the primary offensive play caller for a team. So now you've got loads of talent. Everyone's going to be expecting this offense is going to be an absolute juggernaut right out of the gate. And usually that's not how it happens, particularly when you've got new players and you have to kind of microwave that chemistry. Now, I would also say... McDaniel has the disposition for this. I don't know that pressure is really something that crosses his mind a whole lot. I'm fascinated to see how the entire thing comes together. I go to Tua. I I, I can't help it. This is a guy who is not under a long-term deal, who is cheap, who is, let's face it, temporary right now this season if this season is a disaster and I hope it's not and they go six and 11 Mike McDaniel's not going anywhere Tua is likely gone if you can't drive this car and we already had our doubts about your ability to stay healthy and your arm strength and all everyone's saying oh Justin Herbert was there Tua now I think is is to the forefront of the conversation he was like a nice little side story in the NFL for a couple years and we root for him and now he's He's, he's pivotal, to use my favorite word. That first Miami Dolphins primetime game, when they do the big Tyreek thing and the Tua thing, and I mean, it's, he's part of the massive conversation now. And the first, time I, the first time they play Buffalo is a really big AFC East game. How many times over the last 20 years have we even said that? A really big AFC East game. They're never really big AFC East games, unless it was maybe at the end of Brady and the Pats and the young upcoming Bills. It just doesn't happen much because it seems so terrible. Mike McDaniel is going to sit here at least for a couple of years and try to make this work. I think this is go time for Tua. If you cannot drive this Ferrari, dude, I don't. We can't. We can't keep going with you. Yeah, Kyle, I, I'm going to agree with you here. I think pressure only comes when you're trying to get that big contract, right? Once you get that contract, it's kind of like, all right, I can just be myself. Mike McDaniels has that. He has that opportunity in that contract. Tua is still trying to play for his. And so we've put all these toys around you, all this potential around you. Now we need you to bring it out of them. And that's a lot of pressure on a quarterback to do that. When you put so much talent around him and then the expectation gets so high, as we're talking about with the Dolphins, now we expect you to compete in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. We, we expect you to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs now and the AFC West and all those guys. You become a contender because of these moves. If you don't do that, that's on the quarterback. That comes down to the quarterback and his play. There's more pressure on Tua for sure than there is Mike McDaniel. So 2022 is going to be insane. It's March 24th. So as of March 24th, Kyle, this is such a hard question. Which AFC offense is scariest? It gives me great pleasure. Great pleasure to answer this question by saying the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm in. They added a top 10 overall player in Devontae Adams. And I just think if you go and you give, the, give me their starting lineup, give me Devontae, give me, give me Renfro, give me Waller, give me Jacobs, and then give me Carr. I'm set because, okay, I think the word, I like the word scariest. You didn't say best. You didn't say fastest. Scariest to me comes with a large dollop of unknown on top. I don't know what we're getting Mm. because we don't know what we're getting for Devontae Adams. And, guys, the coach is Josh McDaniels. 
We don't know what we're getting from him. We know we're getting offense and ingenuity and creativity and pure, unadulterated talent on the field. We're in silver and black. Al Davis, rest in peace, is smiling today because I think it's the Raiders probably for the first time since Brown and Rice and Gannon and Gruden. It's been over 20 years. I say Raiders. For the past four or five years, just the immediate answer to this every time is the Chiefs. And it's going to be very entertaining for the next five, five and a half months to hear everyone talking about the demise of the Chiefs offense post Tyree Kill as if they don't have one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, who is still only 26 years old. And by the way, we have seen Patrick Mahomes without Tyree Kill. It was just for a four-game stretch back in 2018. Numbers are not bad. Now, the numbers are a little bit better, of course, with Tyreek Hill on the field. But the Chiefs aren't done here. They're going to make additional moves. They already signed Juju Smith-Schuster. They've got Marquez Valdez-Scanling in the building today. Would not be surprised if they try to lock him up. And they've got all this draft capital and all this extra cash and cap space now because they moved on from Tyreek Hill to continue loading up. Who doesn't want to go to Kansas City and play with Patrick Mahomes? Ronald Jones is there right now, too, the running back formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a bunch of big-name wide receivers on the street. Just don't be surprised when the Chiefs, over the next several weeks here, all the way through the draft, continue to add pieces. And also don't be surprised when we get to September and they look like the Chiefs again, even without one of the most dynamic weapons in the league. Okay, so the question is, what is the scariest offense uh, in the AFC as a coach? And I'm wearing my East County Lions youth football Mm -hmm. organization where, you know, I'm coaching, right? The scariest thing for a coach, especially a defensive coach, is speed, period, point blank. Let's go to the Dolphins. And it's not just Tyreek Hill and Waddle. Let's get the full screen up. Cedric Wilson can run. Chase Edmonds can run. Raheem Mostert, how many big runs have we seen from him? Mike Gusecki, there's so much speed on this field. It's it's an Olympic four-by-one team. Now, the thing is this. If they can stay healthy for a full 17 games, this may be the scariest offense there is because the one thing you can't coach is speed. The one thing that is tough for DBs to stop is speed. And with the creativity of Mike McDaniels uh, and obviously his staff offensively, this is going to be an issue for a lot of teams. This move really changed the landscape of the AFC, I believe, in saying that you better either draft to try to contend with this speed defensively or you better draft to try to get as much speed on your team to try to compete with them in a four-by-one. It's going to be a track meet out there in uh, South Florida. I know it's hot, too. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Send them all. That is super scary. Kyle, when I think scary, I think mad scientist, lab coat, potions, pouring things out of beakers into test tubes, and chemistry. There's nothing scarier than chemistry and a leg up with chemistry on all of the other teams. So I am going to go to the Bengals. The Bengals, maybe they didn't make any flashy plays, but how scary is Karras and Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa? Whoa! They're terrifying. Why? Because they were the seventh highest scoring offense in the league last year with an objectively poor offensive line. So if this new look group is even average, I'm talking about the O-line, if it's even base, even baseline 15th in the league this year, imagine what this group of playmakers can achieve in the chemistry they already have in their star quarterback, their wide receivers, their running back in place. Oof! Another year of experience together under their belt with an offensive line. Pretty scary. What do you think, Kyle? 
Um, I think they basically just built a moat around Joe Burrow in the offseason, and they're going to park the team bus yeah. in front of him, and everything that's not nailed down will protect Joe Burrow. And it is pretty scary. The question itself is scary because it could go to any of these teams. AFC, break them up. It's amazing. Can't wait. No one is burying or should be burying the Chiefs here, but the truth is the team's going to look different. No Tyron Matthew, no Tyreek Hill, but they do have Patrick Mahomes and they have Andy Reid. I ask you, MJD, how does trading away Hill impact the Chiefs in the AFC as a whole? Well, this is the thing. They, they were a big play offense for so long, and a lot of it was predicated off of what Tyreek Hill could do with his speed, down the field, stretching the defense, and then dinking the ball down to either Travis Kelsey or whoever it is and get some run after catch or was throwing the ball to Tyreek and him making the big play as we saw against the Buffalo Bills in that awesome playoff game. Uh, to me, they're going to have to find someone with speed that can do that and, and command that type of attention. Now, they have some free agents. There's some guys in free agency right now that we can look at. Uh, and I have a full screen, Tom, you know, just because of you. I wanted to make sure that we, we, <laughs> we keep that going alive. We, Odell Beckham Jr. coming off his ACL injury. Jarvis Landry. Will Fuller is a, a big one um, that I think can, can, can command that. Obviously, Julio Jones, uh, we haven't talked about. Possibly can be linked back with the Colts. That's another guy. Then uh, uh, Valdez Scanlon, who we said is already in Kansas City. Um, you have to find a guy that can take the top off the defense, right? And and that's what Tyree Hill was able to do. Now, as we watch this play here, this he Travis Kelsey became wide open in this game to win an OT over the Chargers because uh, Tyree Hill had stretched the whole defense. And so it's going to be tough. I mean, I, again, it's going to be tough to find a, a Tyree Hill and have that type of impact right away because the Chiefs didn't have that right away with Tyree Hill. They developed that uh, with him. So I'm expecting to see a different offense, maybe not as down the field throws, but still as explosive. I think this is really significant because those guys, Marie, like Jarvis Landry is not Tyreek Hill. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is Tyreek Hill. No one is Tyreek Hill. It's, it's not, you cannot replace it. Now, the Chiefs aren't dead and buried. The Chiefs aren't going to roll over and go 6-11 and 11 next year. But it's really significant. And it's significant because if they lost Tyreek three years ago or two years or even one year ago, different deal. This is the deal now. Give me the faces. This is why this matters, because even the slightest drop-off <laughs> or the slightest loss of talent, that is your division. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. This is real. Those are the four guys that you have to play pretty much week in, week out. And if you lose to the Chargers or you lose to Russell Wilson 37-34, to you would have won that game with Tyreek. I really believe that. And there's this, there's this whole backlash now that I'm seeing this morning about how dare anyone slight the Chiefs. Hold on a second. The level I have of admiration for Tom Pelissero and his full screens mm -hmm. is I am now stealing one of his own full screens from the last segment. I'm going to rerun your full screen, Tom, because I thought it was that compelling. Here you go. Patrick Mahomes, a stretch without Tyreek Hill. It's not just average. It's not just good. It's spectacular. It's Hall of Fame, eight touchdowns, no picks, 108. He did great. He survived. It is not all about Tyreek Hill. However, that was before Russell Wilson. That was before Justin Herbert was doing Justin Herbert. There are <laughs> plays and games that we've seen where Tyreek Hill has done things that no one on earth can do. 
and it makes the Chiefs win. They don't beat the Bills last year without Tyreek Hill. That play where he hit the Jets and ran around Poyer down the far sideline, there is no one in the NFL who can do that. Not Juju, not Kelsey, not any of those guys. So think about that, just in a small thing. They don't have that player. They are not going to the title game. I do think it is significant. It, and not, I don't think it's blasphemous to say, not a great day for the Chiefs because they lost Tyreek Hill. Am I crazy here? I'm seeing all this backlash. Don't talk ill of the Chiefs. They're the Chiefs. They lost Tyreek Hill, dummies. That does, that's, that's significant. Yes, I think that matters. I'm not going to apologize for it. So Kyle steals my full screen to make the exact opposite yep. point I did in the last segment. Yep. But guess what? I've got more full screens, Kyle. Let's bring up the Chiefs draft picks that they oh, have. Yeah. Let's go. The Tyreek Hill trade. If you want to have capital to go make things happen, you can make it rain with eight picks in the top four rounds. They got four in the top 62. Of course, those two selections at the bottom of round one. And again, remember, this is all about capital management and resource management in the NFL. The fact that you're not paying, again, Dolphins get a fantastic player, but you're not paying Tyree Kill $25 million per year gives you the flexibility to go out and do other things. Having said that, Ian Rapport and I broke the story about an hour after the show yesterday that the contract talks had stalled and that Tyree Kill's agent had been given permission to seek a trade. That, of course, is something that had been going on in recent days, and things came together quickly. By the afternoon, Tyreek Hill was a Miami Dolphin. But I got a text message from a coach in the AFC West shortly after that tweet went out, and it said, and I quote, in all caps, please get Tyreek out of the division, exclamation point. Other coaches are watching this, particularly (laughs) in that division, because there's so much talent coming in, guys like Devontae Adams. Getting Tyreek Hill out is a tiny little victory when it comes to game planning. But again, the Chiefs are not done. This is not the end game. It's not just, well, we lost Tyreek. We got Juju. We're good. Brett Veach, Andy Reid, they've got a plan. Let's see what they do in the days and weeks to come. Tom, when you say that plan, are you talking for this year? Like, you don't think they might have a rougher year this season? Because it seems like everything they did in that haul they got was for long term, which is great. And even if they have a rough year, I'd be very careful in going in the let's bury the Chiefs um, motif that we're seeing because of all the picks that, that Tom showed. But, Tom, do you think that they're making moves for this year? It's both. You're not going to waste a prime Patrick Mahomes year. The guy's 26 years old. He's won and performed at a level that we've rarely seen in NFL history at that age. They're going to go for it every year. There's additional moves. Maybe it's not getting just wide receivers. It could be getting guys in terms of rushing Mm -hmm. the passer. It could be getting other guys on defense. It could be adding other weapons on offense. There's a lot of different things that you can do. And again, I saw all the jokes when I tweeted the Marquez Valdez scaling thing, speed for speed. Again, only guy who was faster as a ball carrier last season than Tyreek Hill, and he's going to sign somewhere for upwards of $10 million per year. Average 30 catches a season in Green Bay. You cannot put a price. Well, you can, but on speed at that size, 6'4", and he can run, he's going to sign somewhere, Kansas City or elsewhere, and make a whole bunch of money. It's a massive haul. I think it almost accelerates their ability to retool and sort of figure it out. And it's to me, what I see is long-term health of the roster. That's what they did, and that's the move they make. I don't know what it means for this year, of course, uh, but we'll have to get into all of that. It's crazy to me, Kyle. The craziest part is that these are all good teams. There's so many, good, there's so many freaking good teams in the AFC. It's crazy. Seven of them are going to go to the playoffs. It's just what it's the, those guys you just showed, those four, the fact that one of them, at least one of them, is going to be sitting at home in January blows my mind. 
at least one, maybe two, absolutely loaded rosters, mm-hmm. and we'll see how that shakes out. I'm already looking forward to the segment in August or September when we pick the AFC East winner, and I'm already looking forward to seeing the Chiefs at the draft. Hey, what are you going to do with those picks? You better stick those things, yeah. and I'll tell you who else better stick them. Joe Douglas and the Jets. I'm really disappointed the Jets did not make this happen. Just would have been a lot of juice. It would have been exciting. They're sitting there with all these picks, capital, wealth, anything, couldn't land Tyreek. Those picks will now become the we couldn't get Tyreek Hill picks. So you better stick them because those things will stink in the long term if you don't. A lot of pressure for both these teams at the draft now. Quickly, MJD, what do you make of that and how this whole thing affects the draft, especially from the Jets' angle? Oh, uh, well, I mean, if you're the Jets, you're trying to get the top guy. I, I don't know if the number 10 pick, if you're going to give that up, plus multiple picks behind that. I mean, again, that that's a tough deal to, for one guy. Don't get me wrong. Tyreek is a, a definitely a big-time playmaker. But, look, at the end of the day, there may be three teams in the AFC West that don't make it because they're going to all have to play each other and devour each other. That's just what happens. And the you're Chiefs right. have been able to withstand that. I just don't know. Uh, what's going on? You got to think of who's in the AFC North. You have the Browns. You have the possibly the Steelers, the Ravens, the Bengals, the uh, the East. You have the Dolphins and the Bills, and you still have a team or two coming out of the South, possibly because of the way that everything schedules, how all the schedules work out. So, yep. I mean, they're going to have to win and win a ton and draft well if you're the Jets if you want to try to compete in this in this AFC conference. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma 
delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go play. Back on um, on Good Morning Football, Will, I just Googled what a um, a gizzard is, so I'd like to get my mind yeah. off of that. Can you give me some news, please? Off of that, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Happy to do that, uh, Kay. Just don't share it with anybody what you learned. Uh, either way, the trade of Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins certainly has some of those in Chiefs Kingdom concerned. Some like friend of the show, Melissa Etheridge, who are wondering how exactly the team is going to fill that void left by Hill. Well, our guy MJD, he actually has a mock draft that is up now on NFL.com, and he has... Well, the 29th and 30th pick in the draft with KC, so he has the Chiefs taking North Dakota State wide receiver Christian Watson with the 29th overall pick that they got from Miami. The six foot four, 208 pound receiver ran a 4.3640 at the combine. Speaking of likely first-round wide receivers, Chris Olave taking part in Ohio State's Pro Day on Wednesday. By the way, MJD has Olave going to the Packers with the 22nd overall pick. Our very own Stacey Dales caught up with Olave after his workout. So you're going to go somewhere in the first round, right? Do you put an expectation on that? Uh, not at all. I mean, I put in the work. Uh, I go to work every day. Uh, do me versus me so whoever picks me uh, I want to go in there and win and uh, whoever picks me is going to get a great player. So last but not least what is the next team that drafts you getting in Chris Olave the total package? Uh, <laughs> uh, they're getting a winner. I'm a competitor uh, every day. Uh, I try. I go against the best every day at Ohio State so uh, I'm a competitor and uh, I want to win every rep. So. The Buckeyes with two potential first-round picks in Olave and Garrett Wilson. To see where MJD has uh, Wilson in his mock draft. KB, make sure to go to NFL.com. Glad that he's doing a mock draft because otherwise he's had to furiously look up all the references of Game of Thrones and Vince Vaughn. To be continued, perhaps, in the next segment, my friend. Thank you, Will. But in the meantime, got a great story. This guy had to fight his way onto the field at Alabama, went undrafted into the NFL, and they became one of the best players on a very good Buffalo Bills team. And now he is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Good morning, football. Welcome to Levi Wallace. What's up, Levi? Good morning. How you doing? Yeah. Doing well. How you doing? What's good? What's good with you guys? Long time. Everything's good. We're talking to you. You got a smile on your face. You got a new deal, a new city. You know, Levi, you've been through a lot with Buffalo. You saw Trey White go down last year. We love Trey. Everybody does. And then you stepped up and you were this number one corner for an excellent team that now takes your talents to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are Steeler fans? What is Pittsburgh getting in you when you show up? Man, first of all, it's it's just an honor to play for the Steelers. Um, I flew out there last week. Just for a day to sign a contract, do the physicals, and just the way the coaches have embraced me, the organization, uh, as well as the fans. I mean, it's crazy just to all these Instagram messages and just how they are welcoming me to the city. I mean, I've 
I can't thank him enough already. And uh, I'm excited to get to work. Um, being back with Mika, that's my guy. Uh, just trying to be back on the same page with him. And yeah, as you guys know, he took my number 39 from college. So I took his number and now I'm 29. So I'm excited <laughs> to get to work, man. <laughs> okay. Levi, uh, look, you play with a chip on your shoulder. And, and I mean, going without offers in high school, walking on to Alabama, which is one of the toughest things. But it's a quote uh, that I'd like you to explain. People say you were undrafted. You say, people say I'm undrafted. I say the eighth round. Explain that quote and the mentality you have uh, to play this game. Man, I think it's something that my dad instilled in me uh, from a young age, just hardworking. Um, I, at this point, it's it's my story, just being able to walk on, uh, going eighth round. Uh, I just, it kind of motivates me each and every day um, to put in more work, to work outwork everyone else in the building. Um, because I, the fact of the matter is, undrafted guys, they, they do have to work a lot harder. Um, and so it's something that I just kind of embrace now, and I, it excites me. It excites me because there's so much uh, talent that is in the eighth round. Um, the guys don't get their opportunities, so I, uh, I'm so excited about it. Now, out of high school, you chose to walk on at Alabama, which is a tough place to walk on to with so much talent there. Uh, you know, people call it the epitome of college football greatness, right? Uh, to now to be playing with first-round picks Najee Harris and Minka Fitzpatrick, what is it like being back with your team? And has that feeling sunk into it with you yet? Uh, a little bit. You know, I've talked to Minka here and there, as well as Najee. Before the free agency even started, Najee was like, yo, what about the Steelers? Like, what you think about the Steelers? And so uh, I kind of give him – I kind of mess with him because he was right. Uh, even talking to Minka, he called me before – uh, he even knew I had decided to go with the Steelers and he called me. He was like, yo, what, what are you going to do with the Steelers? And I'm like, bro, you don't know. Like, I'm already coming. And so just being back with those guys uh, it definitely excites me. And uh, I can't wait to work with Coach T. I know he's the best. He's never had a losing season, and it's, which is incredible in and of itself. But yet somehow, as we sit here, the Steelers are getting disrespected. And maybe it's because Big Ben's not there, the guy that won them two Super Bowl rings. And maybe it's because an unproven Mitchell Trubisky is now under center. You were there in Buffalo with him. I would love for you to sort of size him up. And he sat and he even said, I needed to sit down and learn from Josh Allen and learn from Dable and company. What makes him, what gives you confidence that he can be successful as a starting quarterback of this squad? Uh, for me, it was one of the biggest reasons why I went to Pittsburgh, seeing him go to the Steelers um, a few days before me. Uh, one, just the leader that he is on and off the field. Um, I mean, this Josh was our leader in Buffalo, right? And Mitch did a tremendous job with scouting, with leading us to, I mean, that's that's our second quarterback if anything happens to Josh. And so just his preparation on and off the field each and every day kind of never went unnoticed, um, for me at least. And then just the, the hard work that he puts in even when he got his opportunities, he went out there and did exactly what he needed to get done. Um, just a smart player, overall talent. You know, I'm so excited to be working with him again, him and his beautiful family. Um, I just saw them a couple of days ago, too. And it, it was definitely one of the biggest factors for me to go to Pittsburgh as well. Wow. Levi, you mentioned you're back with your guy, Minka Fitzpatrick. You guys were together for three years at Alabama. What makes that guy such a force at the safety position? And if you got one Minka Fitzpatrick story for us, what is it? <laughs> I can't. Uh, man, Minka's my guy. 
I uh, we we have so many. This me and him back in college were just always on the same page, and so that just excited me. You know, he was my safety and my nickel back in college, and just being able to flow and shift with him. I mean, we've already been texting. I'm like, bro, like let me know, however. I can come into the defense and, and help you make more plays because Mick is a star in his own already. Um, so just being back with him and just the, the player that he is, how smart he is, I, it definitely pushed me back in college. And I'm, I just look forward to working with him again because he's a dog, man. And I, I've come from two great safeties in Micah and Poyer. And so for me, going to, to a smart safety who knows the game, who can play really well, um, was important to me too. And that's why. I decided to go to Steelers as well. Steelers defense is nice, man. And we're all throwing a party for the Bengals and the Browns and the Ravens. You guys are going to (laughs) hit, and we cannot wait to watch you in the AFC North. You know, Levi, one of the coolest things a kid can do is go and interact with an NFL player, especially in a camp setting where they can play football and they they can learn from one of the greatest. You do that. You have the Levi Wallace Foundation in Tucson, Arizona. It's a football camp that you've done, and it involves children. You teach them the game. You get out there. Tell us what that's all about and how we can learn more. Yeah, so just started my foundation back February 22nd. I think it came official. And uh, so our first event was a football camp out in Tucson, Arizona. Um, I feel like there's there hasn't been a football camp out there ever, and so... Uh, we had about 300 kids total from the ages of 6 to 18. It was an all-day event. I mean, we started at 9, went all the way to 8, I want to say. It was such a long day, but it was so cool to see, one, the community come out and the city come out and support us. We had the mayor in the first picture, Mayor Romero, and just got to talk to her and all the great things she's doing with the city. She opened our camp up. And then we had players like Lorenzo Alexander, Demetrius Flanagan, uh, Jamie Mosley uh, came and volunteered his time. Uh, and there's so many volunteers that came out of, out of the city um, and out of state too, just to help for the camp. And so we raised some good money um, as far as jerseys and, and auctions and snack bars and stuff like that. But the whole camp was free. And it's just a great thing to put on for the city. And a lot of kids are like, oh, can we do this two days next year? And I'm like, yo, listen, I'm exhausted after the first day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the organization just kind of focused towards the youth, um, the younger city in, in Tucson, uh, but as well as the homeless. Uh, last year for me, I had a quick story. There was Dots Pretzels. They sent me about 100 bags of pretzels. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with 100 bags of pretzels? Like, I'll taste one bag and, and that'll yeah. be that. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to go and give these to the, the unhoused here in, in Phoenix. And I drove down to Tent City and I saw maybe a thousand unhoused people. And I'm like, yo, like there's no way I can get out of my car and hand out these pretzels and, and be sat there with an empty box and a line still behind there. And it kind of broke my heart. And, you know, after you see something, it kind of becomes your responsibility. And so I went back to Buffalo and talked to my chaplain, Lynn. And he was like, you know, just volunteer your time here at the Buffalo Mission Center and, and just see how you can help. And uh, for me, I mean, I... I just want to be able to give back to, to those and find a way to help them, you know, in, in the best way possible rather than just give them money or give them some food here and there. So those are my two passions. Le- Levi, awesome. you're a great dude. We love you, and you're a great player. Thank you so much for joining us. Go Steelers and Roll Tide. <laughs> roll Tide, no doubt. Go Steelers. 
Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.